The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. Happy Easter weekend. And to you, Dr. Fleck, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. Well, if you've missed last week's show or you're looking for some Easter tips and ideas about Easter dangers, buying bunnies, celebrating Passover with your dog and Easter traditions that you can share with your dogs and cats. You can also listen to the previous week's show on SoundCloud.com, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, iTunes. Well, we wanted to let you know that the pet Buzz family is growing. How exciting. It is. And we are happy to welcome Biz Talk Radio and WQEE FM 99 Rock the Key. That's in Noonan, Georgia. We're excited to have more listeners each week to the show. And we hope that you listeners will email us with pictures of your pets, pet care questions, and pet tips so we can share them with our listening audience. Dr. Fleck, did you know that April is canine fitness month? I didn't, but it's a good month to have fitness. Yeah, it's a great time to motivate your pets with some mental and physical stimulation, as well as create some really great bonding activities. You know, I always say it's a great idea to start with the leash and walk your pet daily, gradually increasing the times by 5, 10, and 15 minutes each week. And, you know, that's going to also help with the weight loss because I know you see a lot of pets that are overweight, right? Very many pets overweight. Yeah, and it's a great time of the year. It's spring. It's a little warmer, not so hot. Once you start walking and increasing that time, then you go to the next step. You go to a local park for a different atmosphere. You can check out some of the local preserves or woods near you. And you know what they call it? We did this interview about it. Nature bathing. Do you remember that interview we did? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nature bathing. Mm -hmm. So for more ideas, you can visit our social media channels and watch some recent TV clips of mine. But Dr. Fleck, you're on. Let's get the rundown for the show. In this show, we learned the fate of an older cat who was given up for adoption at the age of 20. Wow. What plans Carol Baskin and her husband are making regarding their big cats and their Florida property that is home to their big cat rescue. Board member of South Delta Animal Rescue, Alex Frisbee, is joining us to give us the scoop of how the dogs and cats of Rolling Fork and Silver City, Mississippi, are doing since the deadly tornado a few weeks ago. Dogs getting hit by cars and... Some days, it seems like you step outside into a thick cloud of pollen, ragweed, or worse, mold. Hello, seasonal allergies. Thankfully, humans have remedies that let us enjoy the great outdoors without itchy eyes and inflamed sinuses. But what about our pets? Well, our next guest is here. She's going to talk about just that, pets and seasonal allergies. Joining us today is veterinarian Dr. Bailey Brain a board-certified veterinary dermatologist who is also a clinical assistant professor of dermatology and otology at the University of Illinois Veterinary Teaching Hospital. 
Dr. Brain, thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about the very important topic, pet seasonal allergies, especially since I understand that you have a dog and cat that suffer from allergies. Yes, that's true. Allergies are, are pretty common, so I'm definitely not alone there, um, but I both treat and, and have at home um, dogs and cats with, with allergies. Dr. Brame, how do we know if our pets have seasonal allergies, and is there a difference in signs between dogs and cats? Good question. So um, unlike humans who commonly have um, upper respiratory signs like sneezing, itchy nose, uh, runny eyes, dogs and cats most commonly have skin itchiness and ear itchiness. Um, and that can manifest in a lot of different ways. So they may not just be scratching, they could be shaking their head, they could be rubbing on things, uh, licking or chewing their skin. What about paws? Do paws get red or Yes, for sure. So paws and ears tend to be some of the most commonly affected sites for, for allergies, but we can also see armpits, kind of groin area, um, and also around their muzzle or around, around their butts. So any of those areas can potentially be affected. Now, also, do breeds manifest in different ways? Yes. So um, there are some differences in terms of, of breeds. So I'm talking kind of generally, those are the most common distributions, but there are some breeds um, that are a little bit different. And there are also some breeds that are very predisposed. So any of the bulldogs, be it English, American, or French bulldogs are definitely more prone to allergies as compared to other breeds, but we can also see it really in any breed. We see it a lot in, in the pit bulls as well. I didn't know that. Pit bulls have allergies. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every day I see pit bulls with a lot wow. of skin allergies. <laughs> so if we suspect our dog and cats have allergies, should we ever give our pets an antihistamine uh, as a temporary measure? That's a good question. So antihistamines, we think of them as being really effective for allergies, of course, because they work great in people, but unfortunately, they just don't work as well in dogs and cats. Um, it's always reasonable to try, although you should talk with your vet about appropriate dosing. Um, but unfortunately, only about, we think, 20 to maybe 25% of dogs and cats may respond to that. So if your pet does, great, um, you're, you're in luck. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of times it just won't do the trick. You know, I'm glad that you asked that very simple question, Dr. Fleck, because I would assume as practicing almost seven days a week, that's a common question that your patients it's ask It's not only you. a common question, it's what they've told me they've done. And uh, I've got no relief. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, they're giving, what is Benadryl. it? Benadryl. Benadryl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't blame them for doing it. They're trying. Yeah. Although if you're planning on doing an antihistamine, Zyrtec will in general work better than Benadryl in dogs and cats. Yes. Oh, well, that's something new. Yes. Do you tell your patients that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've just joined us from speaking with veterinarian Dr. Bailey Brain, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist from the University of Illinois Teaching Hospital. Um, Dr. Brain, how do you know if your dog or cat has seasonal or other allergies? Is the way to find out, could it be expensive? Well, that's an interesting question because it does depend a little bit on the pet. Um, so flea allergies are very common in both dogs and cats. So one of the, the most, the easiest or most accessible ways to rule out flea allergy would just be to 
make sure that you're giving your pet um, flea preventative year round. Um, and so that's something that is accessible to, to most people and generally speaking, doesn't cost all that much. Um, if you're looking at, you know, is it food versus environmental or seasonal, then that gets into kind of patterns over time. And so one thing that you can do as a pet owner is just to monitor your your pet, figure out are there patterns? Is it, you know, every May you're noticing the problem popping up again, and then, you know, in November, it's kind of winding down, or does it seem like it's more of a year round problem? Depending on what your pet is allergic to, what could be the course of treatment, especially when it comes to seasonal allergies? So with seasonal allergies, unfortunately, most of those are going to be unavoidable because they're usually going to be those pollens and pollens can travel potentially up to a couple of miles from the, you know, the tree or the weed where they're originating from. And we also bring those inside on our clothes, on our shoes um, and through through air vents. And so unfortunately, there's no way to completely avoid it. Um, but there are a few things we can do to try to try to reduce exposure potentially. So we really didn't talk about specifics of treatments because I think a lot of veterinarians have their own approach that they like to well, use for that. Well, is there food? Is there like, I mean, shots, topicals? All of the above. So um, if your pet has food allergy, first of all, it's important to know that the only way to diagnose that is with an elimination diet. So cutting out everything else except for a diet that's supposed to be hypoallergenic. And those diets are um, prescribed by veterinarians. So that's something you should definitely discuss with your vet if you're interested in doing that. And then you monitor their response for eight to 12 weeks um, and can go from there to interpret with how they're doing. So that's what you would do if you were suspicious of a food allergy and potentially then you could identify um, which specific ingredients would be important to avoid. That sounds expensive and a tasteless diet. Is there protein in it? There is. Um, so the, the diets are, unfortunately, they are expensive um, and there are several available on the market. So some of them are lower in protein. Some of them are higher in protein. And so that's where your vet can help you to pick whichever one is going to be best for your individual dog or cat. And try to tell a pet parent they got to wait eight weeks to find out if this is really Did a problem. Did she say eight weeks? I thought she yeah. said 12 weeks. Well, eight's 12 eight, weeks. Eight. There's no way. Well, thank you. You'd be feeding like barbecue Now we're talking chicken. about real living here. Yeah, that's real living. That's like, that's just painful to see your pet suffer. So most, most vets have, a, have an approach that they like to use for their own treatment protocol for their skin issues. But we got to take a commercial break. But Dr. Brain will return to us in our next segment to discuss pet allergies. Also up next will be Celebrity Pet Buzz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hey, it's petrondologist Charlotte Reed. Did you have a chance to check out our social media channels at the Pet Buzz and see our dogs visit with the Easter Bunny? Well, it was a great photo session. Our dogs dressed in bunny costumes. So if you didn't, you should. But why don't you schedule a photo session with your pets? Check out whereisbunny.com and find the nearest venue. Schedule a live photo session for your pet with Bunny. You can even enjoy a virtual experience at home. Best of all, use the code the Pet Buzz for 25 
25% off your furry experience. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, we're back with Dr. Bailey Bream, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist from University of Illinois Veterinary Teaching Hospital. She's also a clinical assistant professor of dermatology and otology at the University of Illinois. She lives what she teaches to her students and her (laughs) pet owners. She has a dog and a cat with allergies. I'm so excited that she's here because we never ever talk about she's like a real person. She exactly <laughs> she is a real person. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about the supplement crazy people. How about in addition? Should should we be giving our pet supplements like omega three fatty acids or anything else to help relieve itchy skin? Um, yes, omega three fatty acids can be beneficial um, in pets with skin allergies because they do have some anti-inflammatory properties and also oils in general can help to nourish the skin and the skin barrier. Um, I also sometimes will recommend a a supplement called retinol ultra, um, which has been shown to help kind of stabilize mast cells, which are the inflammatory cells responsible for creating that histamine release that causes the the itchiness um, to prevent that, that release. And so those are supplements that I usually recommend initially if people are interested in starting with supplements. What about sardines packed in olive oil? Sardines are omega-3s. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on, so a lot of people will choose a salmon based diet or another fish based diet if they're wanting a a diet high in omega-3s, but it's also absolutely possible to, to supplement. And I think that we should point out that we never, ever, ever cure allergies. Do we, we manage it. Yes. That's an extremely important point. Um, and it's, it's also why it is so important to um, start treatment early so that you can, can nail down what it is because they do tend to get worse over time over the pet's life. Um, and so things like allergy shots, um, we, we think may potentially prevent that progression, that worsening from happening over the course of the pet's life. And so starting those earlier may potentially mean that your pet never develops those severe allergies that we might expect them otherwise to, to develop. For seasonal allergies, do you have any advice about what we can do, you know, in our homes or when we take them outside? Yeah, so HEPA filters and and air filters can be potentially helpful. Um, We also know that a lot of the way that they're being exposed to the allergens is what's called percutaneous, meaning it's going through the skin because that pollen is sitting there on the skin and it's interacting with the immune system through the skin. And so um, bathing or, or wiping the paws potentially can be helpful. I would say in general, that's going to have a a lesser impact than potentially an allergy medication that's designed to to treat the inflammation. But still, um, bathing is often a really important part of our our treatment. And a lot of times we're recommending, you know, once or even twice weekly bathing for these guys, often with a medicated shampoo. Wow. I mean, what about like, you know, those jumpsuits that they wear or should they be wearing (laughs) booties when they go out for a walk? I mean, let's face it. We know there are people who are going to want to know this information. It may sound crazy, but, you know, people would run out and buy the latest jumpsuit for their pet. Yeah. So um, some people use jumpsuits actually to prevent the pets from traumatizing the skin. So when they're scratching, they they want that barrier to be there. Generally, I don't recommend that just because you're essentially relying on just preventing the, the pet from scratching themselves. So if you think about it, it's like if you were really, really itchy and somebody just tied your hands behind 
<laughs> behind your back and said, you know, you, you can't scratch anything, you're still going to be kind of miserable because you're feeling that that scratch. Um, in terms of protecting from from pollen when you're going outside, I have heard of people using booties for that purpose. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever been convinced that that was tremendously beneficial, but it's certainly something that that somebody could try. So if we suspect our pets are having allergies, should we immediately take them to our veterinary dermatologist or start with our primary pets care veterinarian? I usually recommend that people start with their primary care veterinarian because since this is a really common health problem, most primary care veterinarians are very experienced um, at dealing with it and, you know, figuring out what's going to be the best approach for the individual patient. Um, But certainly if you're interested in, um, you know, allergy testing for the purpose of formulating allergy shots or, um, you know, if you reach the point where your your primary care veterinarian is out of ideas, then that would be a, a great time to consult a veterinary dermatologist. The reason that I asked that question or wanted to know the answer to the question, because if you can remember last summer, every commercial dealing with pets was about that drug that started with an A, Apoquil. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. all it seemed that there was out there. Mm -hmm. Just give your dog Apoquil and he'll be fine. Everybody that comes into the office with itching problems asks about that Apoquil. So they did a good job of messaging. They did. But what I'm (laughs) saying is... Okay, so we know that I'm an extreme person. I'm super paranoid. Cameras all over my house. Yes. Security measures up the wazoo. But that's because I work in television and I've had run-ins with crazy people. (laughs) Okay, but, and I'm also paranoid about my health. So, I mean, sometimes, like, you know, not every veterinarian is going to give them the 411 when it gets more specific and technical. And that is why... I think it was we an, have the I, specialist here. I think it was an appropriate question to ask Dr. Brame. I think she responded well to it. I think she did too. <laughs> and, and what's so interesting is Dr. Brame, skin issues, the number one medical issue that veterinarians have to deal with every day. Yes, absolutely. It's about yeah. 80% of the sick visits. Absolutely. Right. And that's be- one of the reasons is because people do not do their research when they buy a dog. <laughs> they buy English bulldogs, French bulldogs. Now I know pit bulls or adopt pit they bulls. They buy golden retrievers, golden Labrador retrievers. retrievers. All of them have allergies, sure. some more than others. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just as important while you're imagining yourself with your dog riding in your convertible, like your great Dane and you and your <laughs> air boxer. flowing. Right, air flowing, and your dog is like humongous. And then you can, but you also should need to picture yourself at the veterinarian getting allergy and, shots and think of maybe being able to get some sleep at night from the dogs not scratching all night. oh and t- yeah scratching all night in your bed dr brain thank you so much for joining us today what a great conversation we've had can you give us a your website so we can learn more so um we have a vetmed.illinois.edu is our um our College of Veterinary Medicine's website. And then we have a, a recent column um, that, so if you go pet-health-columns slash pet-allergies, um, that's how you would would read that recent column that goes into seasonal allergies in mostly our canine friends. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get that information from Dr. Brain, put yes. it up on our website so people can go to it and our social media channels. Well, just to remind you, that was Dr. Bailey Brain. That's BB. Um, a board certified veterinary dermatologist from University of Illinois Veterinary Teaching Hospital. She is also 
a clinical associate professor of dermatology and otology. Time for the latest update about celebrities and their pets. And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? You know, last week on Twitter, Russell Crowe shared the heartbreaking loss of his dog, a papillon named Louie, who was hit by a truck. The poor dog died in Crowe's arms as he was taking the dog to the vet. And for Russell, it was truly a devastating day as it was the anniversary of his father's death. Russell, we want to send you our deepest condolences. Losing a doggo is horrible. Our thoughts are with you at this difficult time. You know, as a result of this tragedy, I want to run down a few tips for you, our listeners, to avoid your dogs from getting hit by cars. We have to do all that we can do to prevent this type of accident from ever happening to our pets. And since we're having a lot of storms throughout the country, I want to make sure you check your fencing, make sure it's intact to prevent your dog from leaving your property. Always make sure your pet is leashed when leaving your home base and going for a walk or ride in the car. Have your dog spayed and neutered to prevent roaming. And with the spring and summertime, we see a lot of activity in our homes, including parties and visitors and so forth. Make sure your large and small visitors keep doors and windows locked. And teach your dog not to run out of your home, as well as teach him to come when called. These tips should help you avoid tragedy. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. It's genius. I like it so much. I like it. It's to die for. Have you heard about the Rough Rest Ultimate Pet Bed? Well, it's been featured in AP, Yahoo News, and NBC News. Rough Rest is the world's first patent-pending multifunctional dog bed with 14-plus travel features, including luggage capability and a built-in three-season sleeping bag. So imagine a pet roll, unstrap the clips, there's two of them on each side, unroll the bed and it looks like a pet bed with a pillow, unzip the base, fold it over, and you will see pockets for pet food storage, water and feeding bowls, poop bags, toys, and more. At night, pull out the integrated cover and zip it up to create a sleeping bag for your pooch. This bed has so many uses, such as pet camping gear, car travel gear, rest mats, summer beds, and there's even a water system. It has a mesh pocket for a 32-ounce water bowl. Now, I got to admit, it's a bit pricey, okay? So it's starting at $259 for small dogs, $279 for medium dogs, and $299 for large dogs. But for pet parents on the go, I think it may be well worth the price. You can read about it at timberdog.com. 
Well, residents across the Mississippi Delta aren't the only ones recovering after a deadly tornado that tore a path of destruction across Silver City and Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Recovery efforts were also underway for missing or displaced animals. Joining us today is Alex Frisbee, a board member of the South Delta Animal Rescue. Alex, I'm so sorry that you had to be with us under such difficult circumstances. Please know that here at the Peppas, we're thinking of y'all in Mississippi, especially the residents of Rolling Fork and Silver City, as well as the animals throughout the area. So how are you doing? We're, we're doing as well as expected. You know, we have had such a, an outreach Um you know, through this storm, people have been reaching out to us from all over the country and they have been extremely giving of their time, of their supplies, of their finances. It's really it's really been an incredible thing to watch. That's great. Tell us, I think a lot of us really want to know a little more about the area and the residents who live there. Is this more or less a rural community? You um, know, what was it like before the tornado? Because all we see is the devastation. Right. Rolling Fork is, is a Delta town. Um, it's a, it's a small Delta town. There's roughly about 2000 people in, in Rolling Fork, you know, like most Delta towns, it went through its peak in the, in the seventies and eighties. Um, and then people started moving out the, uh, the people with, with money, they started moving out. Now there's still some money left, but it's, it's one of the most impoverished places in, in the country. And it's, uh, you know, that that's, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just the truth. That's just what it is. The people there are very, very close knit group of people. They, we have been through in the past four or five years, we have been through, uh, this is our second natural disaster. Um, the first being the Yazoo backwater flood that, Set that sat on us, you know, kept places flooded for over a month. We had close to a million acres underwater. Unbelievable. Um, and uh, and so, you know, we we're no stranger to um, adversity. Adversity. That's right. And so, if the people of Rolling Fork, if the people of the Delta weren't so resilient, then you know, this town would have ceased to exist a long time ago. So, you know, it is, this is, this is a people that are, they're, you know, they're, they're really gritty and they, you know, they just don't have, they don't have quit in their vocabulary. Um, I also know it's a fairly religious community where a lot of people there are related to each other from really long standing um, family ties, correct? Absolutely. Um, it is very religious, very faith filled community. And which I think has been, you know, I, I don't think I know has been the driving force to uh, people who have just lost everything, having a good attitude, people who have just lost everything. And when I say thing, you know, everything that you can buy, they're helping people who are less fortunate than them that have also lost everything. And so, you know, I, I've made this comment a few times uh, to a few people and it, you know, that from a, from a faith standpoint, you'll hear people the saying in Christianity that uh, we're, you know, Christians are called to be the arm, the hands and feet of Jesus. And that is what we have experienced. And that's what we've seen since Friday night, when this, when this tornado rolled through here, you want to know what love looks like. Uh, I'll show you in Rolling Fort, Mississippi. We have people that have no ties 
to Roland Fork. Um, they have no reason to to give. They have no reason to donate their time. They have no reason to drive from Florida, Kentucky, Texas, Louisiana to help uh, donate time to sit there and cook meals for people and hand meals out all day. They have no reason to do that. It's really emotionally charging listening to your story. And I know another component um, that we want to talk about is um, the animals in your area. And now I know um, you're a board member of South Delta Animal Rescue. How many animals does that shelter hold? Uh, well, we, we could hold up, up to about 30. And uh, I say could, past tense, because that shelter is no longer, there's nothing standing. We got there about midnight the night of the of the storm, and we the scene that we walked up on was unrecognizable. The only thing that we did recognize was our our concrete slab where our dog kennels were. Oh my uh, goodness! And so there were trees down, there were treetops down, there were there were cars flipped over upside down on top of where the shelter used to be. Uh, there was just piles of debris. Did you find the animals in the shelter? I mean, so, I know so, it was all torn up. So were they dead, yeah. missing, or? Yeah, we found three uh, of our dogs that night. Um, three. They were in the. They were in the treetops, um, and they were alive, uh, which is what? amazing. The dogs were in the trees. They were under the treetops. Yeah. Oh, under the treetops. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, and they were alive. You know, we didn't expect to find any alive. You know, given the given the the level of destruction, you know, we 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 weren't hopeful to uh, to find living living animals, but we did. Um, and the most amazing thing, Charlotte, is that over the next uh, over the next two days, we were able to locate all eight of our dogs alive and well. I mean, that is just incredible considering the devastation that we've seen to find all the dogs alive and well. You know, I had gone on your Facebook page to um, call to get a number before you and I connected, and there was this pretty little dog. Her name was Charlotte. Now, everyone will think that I'm, I'm asking about her because we have the same note, but she just had the sweetest eyes. And I know, according to her profile on your Facebook page, um, she was the majority of her life a street dog and you know a, a lot of times i find since i've taken on this radio show when i talk to people who work in shelters they always say that these street dogs are used to this adversity because they're on the streets every single day and she was probably or was she the last dog to be found she was she was the last dog to be found so one of our board members her daughter uh, located Charlotte, um, saw her when she was driving and was able to catch her. And uh, she got brought to our temporary shelter. And then now she's been adopted out. All of our dogs have been adopted out since uh, since the storm. Now, uh, do you have plans to rebuild the shelter? And then where are the animals being housed temporarily? Are they being housed with shelter workers or board members like yourself? Uh, so the, a absolutely. We, we plan to rebuild. 
Uh, and that's, we, we've started a GoFundMe on our Facebook page, um, South Delta Animal Rescue. Uh, we also have a way that you can donate money through Venmo and PayPal. Um, so yes, the plan is to rebuild, to rebuild back bigger and better than, than ever before. Uh, that, that's the answer to, to question number one. Question number two, uh, where are we housing the dogs right now? We have a temporary shelter at the, um, Sharkiest Aquina Academy School. That's a temporary shelter, uh, but we we're actually in the process of trying to procure a new place to be able to house the dogs until we're able to build a structure. Uh, we, we we have conversations with uh, with a man today who's who's got a a building he's been open to letting us use as our temporary shelter. Alex, hold that thought. We have to take a commercial break. Alex will return to tell us more about Rolling Fork and Silver City communities, the people, the pets, and just the aftermath of the devastation in this rural area in Mississippi. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and country. Okay, well, we're back with Alex Frisbee, and I have to tell you, he is related to the Frisbee toy, distant relation from what I understand. Alex is a board member of the South Delta Animal Rescue. He's here discussing how the animals were affected by the recent tornado that really devastated the Rolling Fork and Silver City communities. We've seen it on TV. It's just, it's overwhelming to look at the pictures. But the one thing I think we all gather from watching television is the resilience, the, the Christian community, how the people are going to rise up um, dealing with this adversity. And, you know, it's kind of in a way so apropos that Easter is just around the bend. So, Alex, I have another question for you. So what about the other animals in the community? Have animals been hurt? Have they been found? Um, or are they running around the streets looking for their owners or homes? Or I'm sure there's probably even some dead animals, correct? Yes to all. Uh, yes to all of those questions. Um, so we, uh, there was a community uh, inside of Rolling Fork that was behind the Chuck's Dairy Bar, which is no longer Chuck's Dairy Bar. It's been a staple in Rolling Fork for about 60 years. Um, it got destroyed. But there was a community uh, that just got obliterated that was behind Chuck's and there were multiple deaths. One of the first responders uh, from one of the the agencies, the law enforcement agencies that was doing search and rescue said that um, they got there. There was nothing left of the home, but there was a dog tied up to uh, a tree there at the, at where the, where the home used to be. And they, the dog was alive. They, just unclip the dog and let the dog run, uh, which is their protocol. So 
we have been tasked with trying to pick these dogs up every chance we get, you know, everyone we see, and then uh, use our, our our ties in the community to relocate, uh, to locate the owner and, you know, with the, the goal of reuniting them with their owner. Unfortunately, some of those dogs' owners did not Make live it. through the storm. And so – I don't know how we're going to proceed with, you know, with that, you know, as far as rehoming dogs that um, where their, their owner did not survive. Um, and that's, you know, it's really sobering, you know, to, to say that because it's just, we lost friends. Um, we lost community members. We lost family. That's just a whole different ball game. And, and it's just, it's created a, a void in our community. I mean, wow. there's so much going on in your community. I mean, just listening to you talk about the resilience of the community, the fight, the grit that you guys have, plus realizing people care, plus dealing with the loss of loved ones, plus losing everything. I mean, at the end of the day, we know material possessions come and go, but when it's a whole community that's suffering, including the animals, of course, and like you said, reuniting. So every aspect of this i don't want i don't want to sound trite but this drama and i know you're even though you don't live there anymore you own property there you're from this community and just to see the community in devastation it's having a heavy heart you know, Alex, unfortunately, I have to go, but I want you to come back and in a few weeks and tell us how everything is 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 moving along, not only with you and the folks of um, Silver City and Rolling Fork, but just in general. And I want to know how the shelter's coming along. And I'm going to see if I can raise some donations from some of my pet industry friends. But if our Pet Buzz listeners want to send a donation, do you have like a wish list of products that you need? I mean, in addition, I mean, some people I'm sure will send money. But I mean, is there a wish list of materials and supplies that you need on your um, Facebook page? Uh, we don't have a wish list uh, currently. We have a Chewy account. Can you give us a website or your social media page address so that we can learn more and, you know, follow along as the weeks to come? Yes. Uh, so our Facebook is South Delta Animal Rescue. And our Instagram is South Delta AR. Okay. Got that. I'll make sure we post it on our social media pages too um, so that people know what's going on. If you have any pictures of the animals, send them to us. We'd love to have them. We'd love to post them. And just to remind you all, that was Alex Frisbee, board member of South Delta Animal Rescue, discussing the aftermath of the recent tornado and just dealing with the pets and the people of Rolling Fork and Silver City. Uh, these communities are in need. Um, if you can, send a monetary donation, $1, $5, $10, and as much as you possibly can. Go to that Facebook page in the upcoming weeks. See what Alex and the other board members and the shelter staff need. Um, we send you our love and our prayers. And thanks so much again for joining us. Thank you, Charlotte. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. 
Morgan and Howard Basket have plans to sell their Florida big cat refuge made famous in Netflix Tiger King. Howard Baskin wrote in a post on the Big Cat Rescue's website that he and his wife, Carol, have entered into an agreement with Turpentine Creek Wildlife Refuge to move most of their big cats to the accredited sanctuary in Arkansas. The couple plan to move the majority of their big cats to the Arkansas facility and eventually sell their 67-acre property in Florida. Because recently passed Florida law and a change in industry practices regarding cub petting at roadside zoos and circuses, there are fewer big cats in need of caring, Baskin said. Furthermore, since their cat population has dropped from 100 to 41 cats, but the cost of caring has increased so much that continuing to care for the cats in the same way presents an inefficient use of donor funds per cat to operate a facility like theirs, he wrote. If you recall, Tiger King spent much of its time focusing on the feud between Carol Baskin and Maldonado Passage, which included accusations by him that Baskin was behind the disappearance of her ex-husband, Don Lewis. Of course, Carol Baskin has denied that, but as life goes on for the Baskins, Oklahoma zookeeper Joseph Maldonado Passage, also known as Joe Exotic, is still serving his prison sentence after killing five tigers and plotting to have Carol Baskin murdered. Last year, Maldonado Passage was resentenced to 21 years instead of 22 years in prison after a federal appeals court ruled that his prison term should be shortened. Let's end the show on a good note. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Well, a 20-year-old cat who was surrendered to a shelter by his formerly family gets adopted by a 101-year-old lady that has just lost her beloved cat. Well, Gus was surrendered by his former owner due to unforeseen circumstances. I just can't imagine relinquishing a 20-year-old cat. Well, once at the shelter, Gus was given a health screening that showed he was exceptionally healthy for a 20-year-old cat. However, the shelter staff knew that having to spend his golden years in a shelter environment was really going to take a toll on the well-being of the cat at his age. Well, shortly after he arrived, that's Gus arrived at the shelter, the shelter director received an unexpected call from a family looking for a pet who could be a companion for their aging mother. They asked if there was a senior cat that they could adopt. Well, the family explained that their 101-year-old mother, Penny, had recently lost her cat. And though they had given her a stuffed cat to cuddle with, She simply wasn't pleased that it didn't purr. Well, at the shelter, staff were cautious because of the age of really all the parties involved. But the family said they were willing to care for the cat on behalf of their mother. So the adoption was quickly finalized. It's rather clear that this duo was meant to be. Gus is already fitting right into his new home and Penny is loving her new cat. Seniors for seniors. Now that's something good. Well, it's time to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about pet gut health and reading pet food labels. Dr. Flagg, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, veterinarian Dr. Bailey Bram and Alex Frisbee.
And we want to once again thank BizTalk Radio and WQEE-FM 99 Rock the Key in Noonan, Georgia, for coming into the family. Absolutely. And of course, we must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, though, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz.